Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Chase Kitty, you hear him on the Lion's Edge podcast from BetMGM. Chase, how are you? Before we get into Wimbledon, before we get into all your, uh, you know, what you got coming up this weekend, busy weekend, any plays for the remainder of the slate tonight? We got what? A couple games left and one featuring the Mariners and the A's. Not really. I got one baseball bet tonight. I'm actually on the Pirates with you. Other than that, I'm just sitting here hoping for a hit from Brandon Drury in this Cubs-Reds game because I've got him at beat the streak. Nice. Oh, how long is uh, how long? What, what kind of streak are we working with? How many? How many? How many days? We're, we're like twelve. I don't know how many days, but the streak's at twelve. So I mean, I, it's respectable, but we got a long way to go if we want to win millions of dollars. All right, let's talk some Wimbledon. First off, before we get into some individual plays for tomorrow, uh, did you do anything with the futures market? Because, you know, tried to break this down, but on the men's side, I didn't really think there was a whole lot you could do with the futures market, to be quite honest, after the COVID positive test comeback. Um, I think we all pretty much have a good idea who's going to win for the fourth consecutive year. The women's side, really interesting. What'd you end up doing, especially, you know, a couple months ago when Ashley Barty ends up retiring? So on the men's side, I bet Berrettini like everybody else. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here with no live ticket because <laughs> Berrettini's out. Uh, I bet a I bet a bunch of quarters. Uh, uh, most of them were long shots. Most of them are dead, so it, they're not even really worth talking about at this point. I did bet a quarter uh, because one of the, one of the biggest things that a lot of uh, tennis pros were talking about coming into Wimbledon is that the Sviatek streak is awesome. The 35, 36 matches or whatever it is. Her winning streak is incredible. She's not a grass player, at least not at this point. She actually won the Wimbledon Juniors draw a few years back, but she's a clay player. We all understand this. And she is such a nominal favorite when you look at the futures market. So, you know, she's the favorite for a reason, marketplace principles, all that. She's got this incredible streak. I don't think a lot of people, at least a lot of pros, are expecting her to go and win this tournament. And yet she's still priced relative to the other numbers as a big favorite. So anytime you have a price discrepancy like that, you know there's value to go find in other places. So I was looking at all the different numbers of the players in her quarter or just in the top half of the bracket, trying to find, figure out where I could find value. I ended up betting Tomjanovich to win that first quarter, that top quarter of the women's draw at 50-1. to 1. That's the best future I still have alive right now. She's got to go beat uh, Krejcevic, I think, tomorrow. I don't have the draw in front of me, but she's, she, you know, she, she's got a big match coming up in the third round against a seeded player. I think it's Barbara Krejcevic. And then she would have to play Sviatek after that. Tall order, but uh, I, I like my 50-1 to 1 odds because right now she's plus 105 to win in the third round. Yeah, as great as Sviatek is, man, I mean, you're looking at the difference between clay and grass, so I just think that, you know, it is worth it to take a look at a long shot. Uh, anything else that you're looking at maybe for tomorrow? I know you said you don't really have any of the draws in front of you right now, and uh, there's a whole lot over at BetMGM, but anything else that you have circled or anybody that you're looking to target maybe? Yeah, single matches, I, I think there are definitely some opportunities. I, I think the, the futures market has gotten so complicated on, on both sides, really, because there's so many big names that have dropped out. It's not just the COVID stuff. Like Hubert Hercatch 
played a crappy game in the first round and went out. A lot of people had him circled as a potential, you know, quarter style, like futures pick. So there's just been a lot of that, a lot of big names that have crapped out really early on both sides. In terms of single matches coming up, I like Caroline Garcia tomorrow. One of my tricks for tennis, which is one of my best sports, most profitable sports, one of my tricks for tennis is any tournament, especially majors, but any tournament where you see a seeded player who's got plus odds going against an unseeded player who's the favorite, like you got to bang that unseeded player every single time. It's just the market for tennis, people love to come in and slam, you know, the higher ranked players or the seeded players so, so much. People don't really understand tennis odds the way they understand football odds or basketball odds. I'm talking about the general public here. So if you can find these spots, where you have unseated favorites, they're, they're just great spots, especially if it's a short number and you don't have to lay too much juice. Caroline Garcia, French player, coming off of a good clay season. She's a little bit older, but she's playing against uh, Shui Zhang, who's also an older player as well. So I think that's kind of a wash. I really like her tomorrow. Uh, I think Oscar Rott has a, has a puncher's chance against Carlos Alcaraz. That game's coming up. Asa plus 225 dog. Alcaraz, kind of like Sviatek, he's a clay player. Like, he is, you know, one of, the, one of the funky things for people that maybe don't follow tennis obsessively like I do. Grass season is really short, and it comes right on the heels of two months of clay season. And so you have all these clay players that pile up wins and wins and wins, and then you go straight into grass season, which is totally different. Clay is kind of slow. Grass is really fast. And so it's a totally different style of play. It's almost a different sport entirely. And you have these marketplace inefficiencies where clay players are, are getting, they're laying way too much juice because they have just won so many games. But it's, it's almost like you have to start a clean slate and, and wipe the board before grass season. So Alcaraz, I think, probably too big of a favorite in this match against Oscar Ott. Uh, who is Ott being more of like a, an all surfaces. He's just got kind of a balanced game. He's not as good as Alcaraz, but I, I think he, he's arguably better on grass. And so at plus 225, I'd be willing to take a shot there as well. If you're not watching a lot of tennis, <clears throat> what's the best way to, besides some of those tips that you gave us, kind of just research on your own or besides checking out your work, how to bet tennis if you've never done it before? Well, the, the easiest answer there, Trista, is to plug a massively long podcast episode that I just did about a month ago. Nice. Where I, I, so it's, it's the Lion's Edge is the podcast that I do for, for BetMGM. And I, I laid out my entire tennis betting strategy where I just I go through and explain. It's like an hour long. I get kind of into the weeds on certain things. But it's, it's a great like base level foundation of here's what to look for. Here's what the numbers mean. Here's how the, the schedule works. Tennis is an ungodly long schedule. It's January to November. So that's, that's kind of the best and worst part of it. It's always on. There's always matches to go bet if you're ever looking for action. Uh, but, but I just lay out all this stuff, and, and I think that's, that's a good place to find the foundation. After that, it's just economics, the same as any other sport. It's got its nuances. But, you know, you, you find the inefficiencies. You find, you know, when, when it switches from hard court to clay, okay, I don't, I don't have to watch every single match, but I know that when the, the seasons kind of change over and we go from one court style to another, there are going to be certain players that are overvalued. There are going to be certain players that are undervalued. I think that's a big way. 
And if you don't want to put any time in at all, just bet dogs. That would be my easiest piece of advice. The, the margins we understand on tennis are so fat when you look at like the sportsbook economics of it all because the favorites are so big and people are so afraid to bet anything but big favorites and big names who they know and who they understand. And it's, it's just if you go in, you can be right eight out of ten times. I talk about this in the, in the podcast episode that I was talking about. You can be right eight out of ten times in tennis and lose money. Wow. Because some of the some of the favorites are so big, you you miss one or two matches and you bet the wrong favorite and you're you're kind of wiped out. So it, it's it's just understanding the spots and not being able to to you know not being afraid to bet dogs because you might miss seven out of ten, but if you're betting dogs, you're going to end up in the black. It's like the UFC. Why why chase? <clears throat> Sorry, I have something stuck in my throat. Why is tennis unique in that way where there's a, a lot of ability to have upsets despite the odds being so large for the favorites? Well, you know, compared to football, right? Football is, there's a lot of variables, there's a lot of players, and there's a small amount of games. You know, it's, it's a four-month-long regular season, but you only play one game a week. And, you know, play, there, there are bye weeks and, you know, there's four or five teams you're going to play. You're just going to walk over no matter what because you're just better than them. So it's, it's just – it's such a crisper sport in that there are less variables to account for. Tennis is, is by contrast, such a grind where you are going – you're traveling all over the world. There's a case a couple months ago where this Danish player, Holger Rune, he played like four matches in 28 hours. He was like flying all over Italy and Germany and all these different spots. He just hit all these different matches. I don't really know why, but it, there's, there's so many more variables about like what's going on with you and you don't really get a break. And, you know, form is so important in tennis. I'm feeling really good right now. I'm hitting the ball. Well, uh, I'm not feeling good. I'm, I'm way too many unforced errors. You're, you're beating players that are better than you. You're losing to players that are worse than you. And you can, you can kind of track these things if you pay attention. You can go back sort of like in baseball where, you know, you don't necessarily want to look at a team's record 100 games in. Maybe you want to look at the last 15 or 20 games that they've played. You can do the same thing in tennis. Look at a player. Ooh, it looks like the, their last 10 matches, they're 8-2. and two, or, or, wow, this, this player has a high-ranking but their last 12 matches, they're four and eight. And you can kind of attack it that way. Uh, but you, you almost have to know to do that it, rather than just, you know, so many, so many new tennis players fall into this trap of, well, this player is ranked higher than that player, so I'm betting on them. And it's, it's a little bit like college football or college basketball in that way, where it's like, well, number 17, Texas is playing unranked Baylor, so I got to bet on Texas. And, and you know, you see, we see new betters fall into that trap over and over again. Before we get you out of here, Chase, I got to ask you uh, this, some news today, of course. UCLA, USC leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten in 2024. Now it looks like Notre Dame wants in on the action. They want to join the Big Ten. They said it's hard being an independent. Just how have Ugh. you uh, uh, taken in this news today and, and used that to uh, – Look at the betting odds and stuff uh, moving forward. Well, the Notre Dame thing is just musical chairs, right? I yeah. mean, I'll defer to Ryan, but it, it feels like, you know, you read the room and you go, oh, I, I see where this is going. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be the odd man out. It might be time to finally give up our, our independent status at NBC and all that and actually, like, hard commit instead of just flirting with ACC basketball. 
and uh, and a couple of other things. It, I think, I mean, the, the geography thing is bizarre. It's completely bizarre to think about a Rutgers UCLA conference game, but at the same time, like we've kind of already shot the geography thing in the foot. We've got you know Idaho's FCS now, but they were in a conference with like multiple teams from Georgia, I think, and. I'm a West Virginia guy. We play in the Big 12. That doesn't make any sense at all. It never has. Hmm. We just didn't want to get left out when the Big East broke up. So I, I think the more that we go into this super conference model, the more we're going to get away from any sort of sensible geography. But, I mean, everything is it – is, more and more it seems like everything's about money. And if you're going to form these super conferences, you're willing to get paid – if all you have to sacrifice is geographic sensibility. Chase, well, we never sacrifice when we have you on the show. I mean, because you always add to our lives. Thank you so much for joining the show. Can't wait to talk to you soon, my brother. All right, guys. Take it easy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.